Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away. So it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award-winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Now, it's that time of year where we are trying to organize and prep and plan for the upcoming season. And some of the gear that we use takes batteries. Now, you should go visit your local Interstate Battery store or visit interstatebatteries.com to check out all the different varieties of batteries that they offer. They have truck batteries they have batteries for your trail cameras they have batteries for your rangefinder, and everything else that is electronic that you use for your hunting equipment they have batteries for that interstatebatteries.com awesome company check them out so i will regret forever the crosses that i did not make with you know with yeah. them so that's a good statement right there. Yeah, that yeah. You'll never regret a, a cross that you did make because you can correct it, but you do regret the crosses that you didn't make from because, dogs because that are long gone. Because they're gone. They're gone, yeah. I mean, the, the, the list goes on and on. There's no other animal in the world that has to be bred to such a consistency of high caliber as what a trail hound, a big mm. game hound, is in, to me. And, and, yeah. and so far, no one has contradicted that statement, by the way. I mean, yeah. you know. A, a show dog has to look pretty in the ring, you know, yeah. but, but that's all. If it's legal to run hounds, you can turn your plots after them. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My name is Clay Newcomb, and I'm the host of the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. I'll also be your host into the world of hunting, the icon of North American wilderness, the bear. We'll talk about tactics, gear, conservation, but we'll also bring you into some of the wildest country on the planet, chasing bear. On this episode of the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast, we're again with plot breeder Steve Hurd. 
of Bluff Creek Plots, and we're specifically talking about breeding big game hounds. You're going to really enjoy this podcast with Steve. What a character. Hey, I want to draw your attention to our actual print magazine, Bear Hunting Magazine. Bear Hunting Magazine's been in print for 20 years. We're the only dedicated bear hunting print publication in the world. It's true. In Bear Hunting Magazine, if you're not familiar with it, you would see bear hunting displayed in all its majestic forms. From hunting with hounds, to hunting over bait, to spot and stalk hunting in the west. The black bear is an incredibly diverse animal. Ranges in incredible places, and we hunt them in all different ways. And at Bear Hunting Magazine, we're trying to show the full gamut of bear hunting. And also, we have lots of grizzly and brown bear stuff, and occasionally even stuff from from Russia and other parts of the world. Action-packed, how-to, adventure-based, recipes, uh, hound and bear hunting advocacy stuff. And uh, we, we dedicate a lot of our life to this magazine. And you could do us a favor and do yourself a favor by becoming a subscriber to Bear Hunting Magazine at bear-hunting.com. Secondly, the second thing that you could do to help us with, hey, give us a review in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, like a like a written review. Even anything you say would be great. And uh, also, you know, there's those five stars, and I'm not trying to twist your arm, but it would be great if we could lean far to the right on that line of stars, right in that five-star region. But that helps us with Google and, you know, the Internet and such. Hey, if you're going to enjoy this podcast with my friend, Steve Heard Colt. Welcome to the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. We're here again with my good friend, Steve Hurd, Colton Hurd. And as you heard from the last podcast, we, we talked about these plot dogs that Steve has been uh, involved with his whole life. And we talked about, we had all kind of stories and all kind of history about his dad and all these, it was a super neat, super neat conversation that we had. What I want to do on this podcast, though, is let's hone down our our focus to something that I think you've got some, well, you've got a, a lifetime of history with, but I also think you have some unique insight. And beyond unique insight, I think that you're able to articulate a very nuanced subject that probably there's a lot of great dog breeders in the country, animal breeders. Yes. Even, it, yep. This isn't even just about dogs even, but... But I find that maybe they just aren't willing to tell what they know. Oh, but okay. uh, but I am. <laughs> but but yeah. you are, and no, you're able to articulate some of the things that that you have done and have seen and have experienced and have had the 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 time to evaluate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's not just like yes. me going out and having a litter of pups and two years later making big assumptions about yeah. dog breeding. But what we're going to talk about is breeding big game dogs. Yeah. Okay. And um, and so you wrote an article for Bear Hunting Magazine yes, several years ago that yep. mm-hmm. had a lot of interest. And uh, and you know what? I appreciate somebody that's just willing to say what they think, Steve. I find that a lot of people, if they have strong opinions, they're afraid to say them because they're <laughs> fearful that people will think they're being prideful. Yeah, fe- I, I, and fear- I agree with that. Yeah. Well, but I but I do it anyway. But that that's not no no. 
what you're doing to me yeah. is right. You're just saying, yeah. hey, this is what I do. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've yeah. built a... I've, I've, I've done this for a lifetime. This is what I do. I'm not saying it's the yeah. best. I'm not saying it's the only yeah. way. I'm not saying yeah. it's the right way. I'm saying it's the way this that is, I've done it. It's worked yeah. for me. And, and maybe I can help guide somebody. Yeah. Maybe I can help guide somebody. But, but do, it, you know, do it your own way if it succeeds. Okay. Now, yeah. and, and once again, maybe some of it was, maybe some of the first of it was luck. But, also, but when I, <clears throat> knowing what I knew from the, from the past history of the dogs, when I made my bouncer to Donna and bouncer to Stu Crosses, I thought, how can it go wrong when all those old timers have put all their time into this effort of breeding this kind of a dog? And then I have exactly what I'm looking for right here in front of me. So if I breed them together, surely it will turn out that way. Well, first off, for you to ever, if you're ever going to breed anything, which is like you say, horses, game chickens or whatever. And, hey, your history, and we yeah. didn't touch on it last time, but you, you breed horses yeah thoroughbred horses cattle. i have the leading thoroughbred sire in the state of kansas right now yeah and uh and there's something too before you well, even dive in i know you're gonna jump in and that's exactly what i want you to do i want to say that i have i had you know when you think about breeding dogs or breeding animals you think that you're dealing with things that are like really tangible yeah but oftentimes, it's the intangible characteristics, qualities of these animals yes, yes, that people right. yeah. that just have a knack for breeding animals yeah, yeah. understand. And, and by a knack for breeding animals, anybody can put two a male yeah. and female together and make yeah. a litter pups. But yeah, exactly. to, to breed yeah. animals that, that have long-term, consistent production yeah. of the qualities that you're after. Okay. Here, here's, a, here's something I hate to say, but you have to say. You, you are probably born... You are probably born with an instinct uh, to either be able to do it or not do it. Okay, so mm-hmm. I believe that that are, there's there's natural human beings that are I call them master breeders, and some people uh, don't like that term, but but I <clears throat> I believe they're uh, Gola Ferguson was the first master breeder that I know. Of. Okay, he, mm-hmm. he 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 took an, a, a bunch of animals, and each generation got better. Okay, and I'm I'm still using dogs from that generation, those generations of his. <clears throat> but but uh, first off, I have to say that you probably you you may have it the ability may, you may not have the ability. But if you do have it, you have to hone it. So Colton originally started out. <laughs> you, you just didn't want the pups that he was picking, okay? Because they're they're the big sloppy, the, the funny one, the, the you know the one that you want on the porch and you want to lay on your lap or stuff. But I mean, my granddad was a great breeder of draft horses and mules and all sorts of stuff and, and show cattle, okay? So mm-hmm. Colton had it in there, but he had to hone that. So it's a craft, his, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he, so he, his little eyes watched, and his I thought, well, that looks kind of like Reno, and that kind of looks like Scar, and and they see that look in their eye. Well, you know, this pup here, this looks like the right pup. So he picked Buster, and that was that was the very first time that he passed. You know, he passed in flying right. colors. So Col- on the previous podcast, we talked about how so Colton's here with us. Colton's. Uh, Colton is uh, Steve's son, twenty-one years old. Twenty-two. 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 And then you picked up, you picked this dog Buster. So that's what he's yes. referring yep. to, yes. which turned out to be a great dog. And yes. there was yep. the test. Yep. There was the, yep. for yeah, somebody think, that just jumped into the podcast. Yep. You said, "Son, yeah, do you yeah, see oh, the same thing I see? Yeah. There's a nine nine pups, and and you yeah. picked the one that your dad. I, I almost think that two. I think I actually used to just pick the biggest one, the biggest pup out of the litter. You know, okay. the yeah, biggest. I think that's but, what. But there people do that, and then sometimes they always pick the smallest pup out. Of the, but the yeah. truth is, you need to pick pick the one that that act, that acts the most and looks the most and resembles the most to the to the best dogs you've had in the past. Past. So mm. so that's part of it. Okay, mm. but then breeding. Uh, it's it's you have to use the word gut feeling. You, it, in my gut, 
when I when I made that those first two crosses here, I was some kid that you know from from a from a good family, you know, Dwayne Hurd, but but I had a gut feeling that if I did this, it was going to work, okay, because I had seen the Judd dog, and that's the way he was bred, and so my gut told me if I did the same thing that the other people had done, I was gonna, it was going to work, well, and, and it yeah. did, and it did, okay. But there so are, you were using you were using pedigrees, yes, absolutely. very much yeah. so, and you and still do. I, I mean, I, you, I, so when somebody tells me they don't give a dang about a pedigree, and I would make, mention some very famous plot men from the past that said they didn't give a rat's rear about a pedigree, and guess what? They never bred for more than one generation. They would breed and they would sell, and they never produced. They never produced three generations ever. And it's extreme. I've said it in my article for your magazine. It's extremely hard to breed for three generations and and not lose what you started with because mm-hmm. people make bad decisions because their gut told them to do something that probably shouldn't have been done. Okay, mm-hmm. but you there's just there's there's un, there's tangible deals. Uh, so many things. The color of a dog can make a difference because that that dog inherited that color coat from some dogs in the past. So were those lighter brindle dogs, were they as good as the darker brindle dogs? Well, history tells you, no, they weren't. So you, you first off, you have to know the history of what you're doing, whether you're breeding horses, once again, or anything. Mm-hmm. You, you, and and, and sex, see, that would be and, a little bit of a controversial thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of people yeah. say, well, color doesn't matter at all. Yeah, okay. But... but it, for each strain, it does. Okay, if yeah, you're yeah, if right. you were going to go if you're going to go buy you a milk cow, uh, and you wanted a lot of production, you're not going to go buy a Hereford cow. You're going to go buy a cow, with a great big white cow with big black spots on them. Okay, because yeah. you know why? That color is a Holstein, and they produce milk. It's an better. indicator. Or uh, something. It's an indicator. Well, and and once again, I had uh, Dan Wagner's a, a good buddy of mine, and we talk genetics all the time, and even and, and he he doesn't want to agree, kind of. Daniel, you'll enjoy this. But but he but he does but he does you know agree that somehow I see something that other people don't see, and and there's just certain things in a dog. If I there's a certain look to a dog, and if I see it, could be the color, could be a little bit houndy looking, feet might be a little bit spreadled, and and that I exclude that dog from from my from even my possibilities. Okay, right. and so someday down the line, you know, since Stella died, five weeks pregnant to bold. Said, you know, maybe somewhere down the line, I'm going to trip up and I'm not going to be able to find that dog that I need to breed. Although I, yeah. there's a lot of possibilities out there still. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so it's, 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 what do you, if we could even dial it back, Steve, okay, go ahead. What would you say the fundamentals of, uh, and, and, and maybe that's what you've been talking about. What, what are the fundamentals okay. of good, of, of good breeding? The, the, the greatest dogs I've ever seen were from the greatest pedigrees that I've ever seen. And those And a great pre- pedigree uh, means that these dogs but, were but, but doing when, what when, you wanted when you, to do. When you look at a pedigree when you look at Judge Pedigree, you saw you know, one of the best reproducers in the nation right there. You you're you're looking at the greatest the greatest female uh, t- the greatest two females uh, in the nation at that time were right there and so and they were all complete, really related cousins to each other. So how could you how could you not be right by attempting to do this? Now, I have made my mistakes, but I buried my mistakes. Okay, I mean, I, I you know, I, some of those gut feelings didn't quite work out. But even then, even then, sometimes those gut feelings I knew, I'm not sure about this, but let's give it a try. And sometimes it just flat didn't work. And and sometimes you can take two dogs that are really well bred. But they share a common ancestor. Uh, my Cindy female was really hyper. Well, one time, accidentally, we made it a daughter of Cindy to a male to a, to a female of Cindy, 
and and somebody thought that would be a wonderful pedigree. It should look it looked good on paper, but I knew that if you put Cindy in there that close twice, that something wasn't going to work. So, so. Uh, <clears throat> I, I, would, I would wish like heck that I could have talked to Gola Ferguson because he said that with each generation, he started, he added, uh, he added a, a, a high tan, kind of a black and tan, but not, a, not like a registered black and tan, but he ordered, added a high tan into his plot family and produced the saddleback plots, which would have been North Carolina, Tom and Nickel Stormy and all those. And with each generation, his dogs got a little smaller and a little darker, and eventually they were all there was no there was no light colored dogs left in there. Okay, mm-hmm. so the the light dog the light there's, there'll be a lot of people listening to this, a lot of people that say, well, you know, my dogs are light colored and they suit me fine, but they're from a different strain than what I'm talking. Okay, and okay. if if you had an Isaiah Kid dog or a, or a Crocodile Crocodile dog, they're going to be light because that's what color they were. Okay, so yeah. if you want to go catch a hog and you want a tater crocket dog, they're going to be lighter colored dogs. And that I'm t- not taking anything away from them. I'm just saying the Weems Bluff Creek strain, Dennis Paulson strain, they. The what best, you were doing, okay, your okay. best dogs were the yeah. darker dogs. Okay. Then the color of white. Uh, I went to plot the, the in MPHA, National Plot Hound, so yeah, MPHA, uh, about five years ago. And what I saw on the grounds was earth shaking. It was, I just saw dogs of every color. I, I would see one litter of puppies out of a Grand Night Champion male, and there was seven pups in there, and there was six different colors of pups in the litter, and mm. white all over them. Well, that white, some of the plots back in the past had some white in them, but I have a whole stack of pictures right here in front of me, okay? And if you look through them and I show you all the, all the very best, the very best 12 and the very best 20, there's not one dog, not one single dog with excessive white on, on, on their right. body. They ha- the, a lot of them have white on their, on their, on their chest. But up their legs, never, not once, ever. That shows impurity. It, 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 it always has. And by the way, when my dad got in, dad loved those dogs, and he kept thinking he needed more of them. And he got several dogs from several people. I have the pictures in here right here. I'll show them mm-hmm. before, you, before you leave. And, and, and so the ones that didn't look like plots did not hunt like plots. The ones that had mm-hmm. the white all over them, and they were, there was, it, it, you just went backwards immediately. So, yeah. uh, and there's, there's just a, there's a lot of just little teeny things that I believe makes a difference between breeding good dogs and breeding exceptional dogs. But most of it is eyesight and a lot of it is hunting. And a lot of it is, you know, when you send the puppies out, let everybody let, let you know, like your fern female, I need to know exactly how that litter turned out. Okay. And, and would I make that again? Of course I would, you know, if, if, yeah. if Buster was still alive, of course I would. So, yeah. So what about, talk to me about line breeding. Okay. And you're, because that's, that's something that maybe a lot of people wouldn't, you know, have, uh, steered away from a lot of people would probably it, it was be totally it was, familiar with it it but. was taboo uh, line breeding originally was taboo you, you wanted unrelated dogs well when as soon as you did you just killed whatever you had okay i mean i'm by killing i'm talking about you killed the genetics of what you had so then later it was, became what they kind of called line breeding which would you breed a cousin to a cousin which means that in a three generation pedigree you'd have maybe two dogs in there who were either brother and sister or were similar or whatever and then all of a sudden we found out that maybe the closer you bred those dogs, the better they did. And then we started doing inbreeding, which was, you know, Bear Path Gunner to, to, to Becky. They were both by the same daddy and their mothers were three quarter sisters. And we break, made that cross and oh my gosh, the pups were better than anything before. So, mm. so when you, when you keep adding real good stuff to the mix, 
it doesn't dilute the mix. It increases the chances of that of that mix working. Okay. And, and so what people, the, the kind of the colloquial knowledge, I guess, if that's a mm-hmm. good way to say it, of inbreeding would be that you'd produce dogs that were inferior in some way. Yeah. you probably heard people say have, that. Have five legs and run backwards. Or have and, real yeah, big yeah, health yeah, problems yeah, yeah, or exactly, something. Yeah. Let me, let me, okay. I would like okay. to make a statement about that. Okay. Because my... Some people have had, uh, my, my uncle got a schnauzer. They were mm-hmm. big into schnauzers. Yeah. They bought these schnauzers, and they bought them from a reputable breeder, quote, unquote, quote unquote. and the dogs ended up having health problems yeah. when they were exactly. older, okay. Okay. and he found out yep. that they were bred real close, yep. and he said, yeah, inbreeding is bad, or you know, close yep. line breeding is bad. The difference between what that breeder was doing with schnauzers and what you guys are doing with bear dogs is that these dogs are being bred based upon performance in the field exactly. over okay. the lifetime. Okay. And so health problems, I mean, point being, those schnauzers were just bred to be house dogs exactly. and have yep. these phenotype yep. or just this yep. external look. Yep. You guys are breeding for physical performance. And if they don't have it, you, you eliminate it. You don't yeah, breed from them. From the gene pool. From the right. Gene pool. So yep. That, yep. that, to me... Yep makes rational sense yep. of how okay. and then also, these dogs aren't physically have some problem. And, 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 and once again, back to the article. If, folks, if you haven't seen the article, you really need to read it. Uh, as, you, as you breed your dogs real close, if, if you do have a physical fault or something shows up, then you can eliminate it from the gene pool, okay? I mean, you're harvesting off the bad genes and, and eliminating sometimes. And even. this isn't what you're doing over and over every time. No, I mean, no, it's no, the, no. the most. I want to no, no, say that right no, away. It's no. an extreme case where you would breed yes, yeah. as close as the yeah. Gunner yeah, Becky yeah, Cross. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I, you know, I haven't done it again, but I would if you know if right. I, yeah. And, and I just want to make yeah, that clear because yeah. somebody, you're not saying you're breeding brother and sister together no, no, all the time. No, 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 no. But but don't. Do not, not make a cross because you're afraid it's too close. Yes. Give it a try. Give it a try. Again, and once again, my famous statement is I never regretted any cross I ever made because I could eliminate it if it didn't work. But I so desperately, I'd never bred the Judd dog to Sue and they were half brother and sister. And I wish I would have, but people thought it was too close. And so I will regret forever the crosses that I did not make with, you know, with yeah. them. So. That's a good statement right there. Yeah, is that it, yeah. You'll never regret a, a cross that you did make because you can correct it, but you do regret the crosses that you didn't make from because, dogs because that are long gone. Because they're gone. You're gone, yeah. Dad yeah. had a chance. Dad had a chance to take Rio Grande Trouble to Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and breed to Rag Nichols' world-famous Stormy Dog. It was her uncle. Most people thought it was too close, but had he have done that, it would have been the strongest bloodline cross ever made in the plot breed, as far as I know. Okay, it would have been, nor it would have been a, a, a smoky cubby on top, bred to a daughter of a smoky cubby onto a daughter of a plots fanny and lady. But it would have been the strongest pedigree of all times, and it would still you would still be seeing it in pedigrees everywhere. Okay, so yeah. we're, what we do, Dennis Falson was one of the originators. I, I hope Dennis is still alive. I wish you could hear this. Uh, he, he taught me some things, you know, stack, stack all those good dogs that you possibly can because what you're doing, you're filling holes in that pedigree and you're replacing a weaker dog with a really, really good dog. And when you get them in there enough, you can kind of know what's going to come out the other end. You really can't. Yeah. What about, uh, you said something on the earlier podcast about, uh, you know, you've got a, if you want to stack a gold, you can't start with bricks and yeah. paint it. 
I mean, talk to somebody that maybe gives somebody some advice that's just getting started well, or wanting to breed a line don't, of dogs. Don't ever, don't ever start a breeding program with dogs that are not as good as you possibly can get a hold of. What, you know? Okay, let me let me throw some gasoline on the fire. What if you had a dog that had a really strong trait that you liked, but he was super weak in a bunch of other areas? You you said a bunch, and that when the, when you said a bunch, that eliminated that dog. Okay, if you might, okay. if you just said one, maybe you know maybe a little bit shy here. Well then, because uh, but, but, I think what yeah. happens is guys will, guys will get a a dog that's strong in one area. Yeah. He likes this yeah. dog oh, for this one dog, thing, but, yeah, but yeah, he's yeah, got weakness yeah. here, yeah. and so he'll breed the, another dog trying to create. Yeah. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Eliminate the yeah. weakness, but actually he yeah. just gets more of the yeah. same. I, I yeah, I uh, I keep I keep having to repeat myself, but in the bear hunting article in there, I uh, oh now I just forgot my my train of thought. I was watching that guy clean the table. Uh, no problem. Yeah, start over. Yeah, back me up. Well, here. okay. What what I've what I've heard people say is don't breed a dog. That you oh. wouldn't want another one okay, just yeah, like it. Exactly. Yeah. I That's, mean, don't don't breed dogs just to be breeding dogs. If you if you like, you know, I I, not, I want another Buster. I want another Stella. And I told Colton on the way down, we I've got a couple of crosses in mind, and I if something works here in the next couple of months, we're going to have another one of them super crosses. Okay. And I already know how it's going to work out. Okay. But 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 I'm, I want to I want to produce even higher than I have have produced, or at least that at least that good. And you know, don't ever. So there's a, oh, I guess you'd call it a famous strain of dogs, bear dogs, that started, and, and, and the guy's a really good guy. And, and he, he tells that he began with a female that needed corrected in this and this and this and this department, like five or six departments, okay? And right. guess what? It's been, she's been dead for 25 years, and that line of dogs still needs corrected and all those Still has areas. some of yeah. that same because, weakness. Yeah, you, you just... If you're lucky enough to get started with the, the greatest thing you can possibly find, and if, if you can't, then stand in line, get a pup out of it, out of, yeah. out of what you're looking for, and then go from there. Do everything you can possibly So don't – so have you ever done – I mean, I guess you've done outcrossing at different times. When do you no, outcross, No, Steve? no, you don't. You, you don't, just no, don't. And, and once again, uh, that'll be an argument. You know, if we were sitting around 25 plot guys, they'll say, oh, eventually you have to. But no, no, you don't. No. It, the, the, okay. When you do, why, why would you, if you if you had a bunch of dogs that you could, we, we rate nine and tens, why would you outcross to another strain that's, that, that only produces sixes and sevens? Well, what if they produce nines too, though, Steve? It's, I mean, like, what, I know, but do you know what I'm out, saying? They're, they're, I know, but they're not out there. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, but they're not. I mean, I, I no, I'm saying that. I'm saying that that each of us probably has our... Well, I guess okay. the question I'm asking is that if you had some really good dogs from another family, line well, of dogs, and you had another totally... Se- I mean, they yeah, uh, didn't yeah. meet until way back. Same yeah, breed of yeah, dogs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that still may not work. Well, no. No, because there's... You, you can have pure milk and you can have pure oil. Both of them are you know, you, necess- necessities, okay? But if you put them together, what do you got? You got a mess. See what yeah. I'm saying? I mean, yeah. it, I'm sorry. Well, but, is, and this but, is but what's bre- worked for you. We said this at the beginning, but yeah. I, I like hearing your unfiltered yeah. thoughts yeah. because this is well, the way that you've done it and it's worked for you. Okay. If you include, I have all these pictures here. If you include dad's dogs, we have 11 generations, okay? And, and, and with that old trouble female that, that, that got out of the crate when I was four years old. Well, who, and you told me to just speak out, and I really kind of hate you. Who can claim the same thing that 
for 66 years, the very first dog you ever saw is you, you still have that line, that very same line of dogs 11 generations later, 66 years later, that would be six years per strain. Nobody can say that. And, and by the way, we didn't have to keep jumping from one strain to another strain to another strain to try to find them. Dad started with what he thought was the best, and we bred to the best, and we still have that same line of dogs right here. Yeah. And they're as consistent as opening up a can of, you know, Vienna sausage. I mean, they all yeah. look just exactly You're going to know like what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, have you, could, so with your history with breeding thoroughbred horses and cattle and different things, yeah. are there any, are there parallels? Are there anything that you uh, learned? Well, yes. Okay. The, the quarter horse people finally kind of made it okay to breed real close and nobody in the horse world it takes too long to to, you know nine uh, 340 days for a baby colt to be born from the time it's conceived Mm -hmm. and then you got another year before you get it all weaned and you know started in training then you have another year before you find out what it's gonna do whether it's a roping horse a, a race horse or whatever it takes so long and so much energy and so much time to to, you can't experiment like you can, especially I with see. game chickens. By the I way, see. game chickens were, I, I still keep some around just for fun. And and they, they were the first people to really start learning how to breed animals, okay? Then the dogs, you can do that because you can, you know, you can get a, two layers of pups a year. But they're afraid. They're, the, the thoroughbred people and quarter horse people are still afraid to breed really, really close. You, you just don't you just don't see it happening. And I would like to. I'm, I think I'm getting too old to do it. But what I did... When I took my, I had a, a stallion named Speedy Nijinsky, and, and his dad was a, a famous horse from, from uh, he won the Triple Crown in Europe, okay? Mm. And uh, what I did was, I looked for, for, for mares that were very close to him, and I took him from a slaughter truck. I was, he was going to get loaded on haul to the slaughter, and I made him the second leading stallion in the state of Kansas for several years, and his colts earned over a million bucks, okay? Mm. And what I did was, I bred to mares. That, that had similar pedigrees to what he had. By the way, that would include Seattle Slough and Secretariat, okay? They, they, mm-hmm. they came from the same family of horses. So using my knowledge of dog breeding, I, and now I, I have another stallion up there, and, and I'm doing the same thing. I'm trying to find, <coughs> I'm you know, trying to find, Clegg got kind of tired of reaching over and pulling that thing. <laughs> we could tie that from the ceiling. But, uh, but uh, you know, uh, what I'm doing with him is doing the same thing. I'm trying to find mares. That so are you, so you took your dog breeding knowledge and applied yeah, it to yeah. horses, and we're, and we're gonna, not and, and vice versa. And, and we have we have a mare right now that I'm going to preg check Monday, and if she's in foal, we're going to see just how far. Uh, I I mean I I think we're going to have a tremendous horse. There's no reason for yeah. it not to. Okay. And once yeah. again, go back. Well, my Speedy Najinsky's horse, his sister, won uh, Kentucky Oaks, and she was. She was purchased for three point four million dollars and t- took it uh, over to, you know, Arab mm. Emirates or whatever. So we, we were in the right crowd at the time, <clears throat> but Kansas mm. doesn't. You know, we're not real big in thoroughbred breeding up there, and most good horses bred it or bred in Kentucky. And once again, those people down there spend millions of dollars to breed, and mm. they still can't produce another Secretariat. Well, you know, people a lot of people think they've produced another Bearpath Gunner, but the truth is. Nobody else has, and we may never. You know, we're still trying, okay? Yeah. And, of course, Colton thinks that Buster could have st- ran every step of the way with him, and guess what? We'll never know. You know, and he might have. Yeah. He really might have. But yeah. they don't come by. It's not like picking apples off a tree, okay? Yeah. The, the really exceptional ones on, in, of anything are, are very rare, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and once again, in on the plot boards, you know, when we were doing a lot of arguing, <clears throat> some people say, oh, my God, the dogs are so much better 
than they used to be and horses are better than they used to be. I said, well, Secretary, the sec record was set in 1973, all three of them, the Preakness, the Belmont, and the Kentucky Derby. They've never been touched. They've ne no one's ever run close to them. Mm. So, and hey, that is a good question that I think a lot of people ask probably on all the forums for any kind of dog is that, yeah, do you think the dogs are getting better? Uh, there's more good dogs. There's more good dogs because people in this day and age won't keep the junk. And a lot of times people just kept junk. A lot of people just kind of like to have a dog tied out there. Yeah. But, but there's... I don't know where to go lay my hands on another Gunner or another Stella or another Buster or another, uh, you know, uh, Timex of Joe Hudson's or, you know, th those super dogs. I don't, I'm, I don't know where to go find one right this minute, okay? Yeah. I mean, we're all hoping we, we have, that we have one. But if you haven't seen exceptional, you don't know how to rate exceptional, okay? Yeah. That, that's, that's something else that we say. Joe Hudson and I say the same thing. If you haven't seen it, you don't really know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, you know. I mean, you think you do. So would you say that you're trying to, like, hold the line, though? I mean, like, if you well, think oh, no, about... No, no, but, but once again, we're producing at, at such a high level that each person that gets them thinks it's the greatest dog they've ever had. The, once yeah. again, the jackpot, the, you know, uh, up there, Stubby, uh, Ryan Stubblefield's jackpot is just an exceptional dog, okay? Yeah. And, and, and they're out there. They're, I mean, even, you know, there's several of that, of that generation out there. Talk to me about... The, the differences between dogs and a litter, Steve, because, you know, we all know that not every dog, I mean, even a well-bred, mm -hmm. a well-bred litter, not every dog is going to be a, a phenomenal no, dog, no, a phenom, no, yeah, as yeah, they call it. Phenom. So, mm -hmm. so, you know, you're trying to, as a breeder, one of the key things in breeding, I, I believe, because I've seen it in mm -hmm. other breeders as well, is that you got to keep your eye on a whole litter of dogs. Yeah, you do. You Most, do. A lot of guys in yeah. other different uh, uh, disciplines of dog, uh, you might have a litter of pups and sell all these pups and lose track of them, so you yeah. don't really know. Yeah. You don't get that yeah. feedback. Bear hunters are very good. Big game hunters are good yeah. at keeping dogs close or keeping yeah. keeping reports, getting reports yeah. back on dogs. And so that's you know. important. That, yeah. When I sent, you know. And I you can breed back to really good dogs. Like, for instance, the when I got my fern from yeah. you, yeah. That June, well, it was Bolden yes. June. Yeah, Bolden June. And you ended up, you know, keeping track of Bolden June. Yeah. And then, you know, Bolden ended up being a dog that you wanted to breed yeah, back exactly. into. Yeah, and yeah. so if and you would have just been a guy just not keeping track, you would have never known about yeah, that but, dog. But no, I, no I, when I sell a pup to somebody, uh, I, they have to report in. And the truth is, if they don't, then they, you know, they call me back four years one. later and say, hey, can I have a pup? Uh, no, you never did. And that's why I text yeah. you at 11 o'clock at night well, and all the time. Yeah, Travis Staves has always been wonderful. He, you know, he just, he, Travis said a lot of my dogs, and he texts me from the tree all the time. It used to thrill my mom and dad to death. I would be in New Mexico or Colorado or Utah or Wisconsin or Michigan and call them from a tree. The dog's barking in the background, and uh, my dad would just be thrilled to death. Mom said, you ought to see me. act like a little kid over here, you know. <laughs> Dolores, they got that bear tree. Listen to this. You can hear that. Just go on. <laughs> just, I mean, and he never got to go to a tree. Joe Hudson told me that if I would bring him up there, you know, a year before he passed away, that he would carry him to a tree. He said, if, mm. if, if we tree a bear, I'll carry him all the way in. So, mm. And I wish... I wish we had tried it, you know, get a, one of them Travois or whatever the yeah. Indian people had, you know, yeah. get him to the trees. Somehow, so. But well, once again, it's the, the, and to go back to what I was saying, and I don't know if there's a, a real question inside of this question, but like, like uh, differences in a litter, like if you have yep. eight well, pups, there's going to be one of them that's yeah. uh, this good and two Colton or three and I, of them that are. Yeah, Colton and I. 
I, I'm, I'm not saying Brandon because Brandon's been living on his own for a long time, but Colton's been at home all this time. And we, there's, there's an odd, and there, I've been asked this question. Why is it that out of the eight pups in the litter, that the two that you keep are always the best? And I've, I've seen okay. that happen. Well, it's because, because you got Colton pick on. Well, <laughs> it's because they get to run loose on the creek. They get they yes. get given every everything in the world. And then I'm gonna I have to say it again. We don't use electricity on our dogs. We do not use it. Uh, my strain of dogs has always been wide open. Some people are telling me now that they're becoming quiet. And the reason they're becoming quiet, they can't stand that shock. They're yeah. they still want to hunt. But they're afraid to open their mouth because they're afraid somebody's going to bust them. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I. So what what I'm hearing you say though is good. You're you're letting these litters run loose on Bluff oh, they Creek, have to be. And, and, and so and, you guys are watching these dogs. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And that's why yeah. when we take them anywhere, that's badgers. that's why when we take them anywhere, they're always in shape. Our yeah. dogs, you'll never see them behind because yeah. th- they've been and running loose for so long. They're they're slender and they're ready to the, go. The I mean, very first time we hunted with Joe Janik and Bernie and Travis and all those guys, what what what, what they wrote on the plot site was. What we were so surprised about, Steve drove all night long, slept from 4 o'clock in the morning till 7 o'clock in the morning, three hours, got up the next day, the dog's still in the dog box, went hunting, jumped loose, and Steve's dog still ran on the front end. And they said, how does that happen? First off, they're coon dogs, and they've been in, in a crate all this all the way up here, and he gets them out, lets them potty and stuff a little bit, and all of a sudden, they're leading. Uh, we took Nellie and Reno up there and, and put down on a bear. There was seven, so it was seven trucks. Dogs hanging out of every one of them, and, and Joe Janik led me in there, and we put those two dogs down. And I said, why do you want these coon dogs to start the bear? And he said, let's just see what they'll do. And I did, and, and he said, later when we was running, he said, by the way, we'll never see this bear. We, he always disappears. And later that day, we killed that bear. They, mm. they ran him out of the forest, ran him up the tree. He came down two or three times, and he said, that's the first time we've ever seen this bear. We've run him, but we never mm. could see him. And I brought those. But, and, but once again, those so dogs. So you're, you're keeping dogs based upon merit when they're young. What are you looking for? Because I got to reel you in here, yeah. Steve. To, to, to <laughs> so Because we were talking about how, because okay. you guys are sending okay. out all these dogs, okay. and yeah. people say, how yeah. do you guys yeah. end up with okay. the good ones? You're watching them when they're young. Yeah. Uh, what are you looking every, for? What are you everything. looking for in a pup? Just uh, the best thing in the litter. Gaminess. I mean, we talked about that everything. often. Yeah, everything. You know, I mean, what your dog bringing those dead rabbits in, There's somebody's not shooting those rabbits for that dog. That dog's running them into a hole and getting them, digging them out and bringing them up there and killing them. Rain, no, but, okay, the Stella's litter. Chingadero, uh, Stella, Cinder, uh, Michigan Todd's wonderful female, might be one more. Anyway, at four months and three days old, I have a picture of them treed on squirrels in a blizzard. Now, I have the picture, uh, and they're, they're all treed, and, it, and there's about six inches of snow on the ground, and it's snowing hard. And they are locating a coon in the top of a cottonwood tree. So there's not a dead squirrel. Net, a squirrel. Yeah. A squirrel. Not a bear. Not a not a mountain lion. But yeah. a dang squirrel. Why was a squirrel out there? And day? so as a breeder, you're you're watching. But, but I'm that. there every day. I, yeah, I and see. You're, it. you're watching yeah. those dogs. Uh, on a given day, I handle my pups ten times, twelve times. You know what I'm saying? I mean, mm-hmm. they they were, they go with me. You know, they and and uh, the best pup out of the Reno litter, out of Banjo Cindy. Uh, he got killed when he was four and a half months old, and his name was Banjo too. I can't believe I named a pup after his daddy already. Uh, Banjo was only 14 months old when he died, and this pup was four months, half months old. Dad came in the driveway, brought a, brought a coon in a cage. We put it out there. The pups had a screaming fit about it. Uh, once again, that whole litter, and they all turned out to be fantastic dogs. So when we got all done, 
And when Dad took out of there in the old Chevy pickup, he threw that coon in the back of that thing, and he come back in about 10 minutes. And I said, what's the matter? He said, look at this pup. He said, this pup was tied onto my bumper. He said, I drove halfway to town. And he said, this pup won't quit. Oh. And, 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 and when he took the pup out, the pup ran around behind the pickup again and started baying on that tailgate of that pickup. Now, the other pups were barking a little bit, but this pup went crazy. Well, that pup tried to take a female away from a full-grown male dog and was killed right there, four and a half mm. months old. But he was, mm. he was a bear, dad said, that's the next bear pet's going to right there. So I'd already picked that pup out of that litter to be my replacement, okay? And then when he died, Reno stepped up, okay? But, but once again, when you get to see it, it, it it's, it's an unfair advantage for us to be able to do this, but that's how we're able to. So you don't, you're not selling pups when they're six weeks old? No, no I, I just can't, I can't stand to because how, how – You don't but, know. You yeah, don't know don't, what don't, you got. So I you don't. like to sell them at what? Or not sell – five, five or six months. Yeah, distribute them at yeah, five or six yeah. months. And that's a, good, that's a good word for it, yeah, yeah. After you've watched them, oh yeah, because I can tell you, I can already tell you exactly what's going what's going to happen. You know, I can t- I can tell you that that little fern's going to start trailing. She's going to start treeing and yeah. all that sort of stuff just right away. So yeah, okay. Well, and that's a that's a notable thing with uh, for a dog breeder to be able to do that, to be able to watch the dogs that long, and you learn so yep. much. You know what I hear you saying is that as because we're you know on yep. this, we're trying to talk about breeding big yep. game dogs, is that you've got. Uh, 60 years of history and you've you've noted different characteristics about these dogs yes. that and, and the best ones the best ones from each generation there were certain traits like like buster there were certain traits that you you want more of those you know I, I want 10 more like that right there you know instead of saying well i guess i'll try the cross and see if i can get one good pup that's not the way you do it and and yeah. once again when you can't do it, then you should quit. And, and, and some, people, I, some people won't quit. What the, the reputation that the Bluff Creek line has um, is consistency. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah, you get, yeah. you get okay. pups. Even yeah. like me, uh, several years ago, didn't, we d- described this on the last podcast, but I have mm-hmm. a, a, two dogs that I got directly from you. And, uh, and I described my dog to a guy and he knew it was a Bluff Creek dog, yeah. and he, he could have told me the same thing, and yeah. he just said, most of those dogs are going to be like that, yeah. 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 you know? Yeah. And uh, so yeah. so producing that consistency is a, a well, significant it, it, thing yeah, with it, dog it, breeding. With anything, by the way. If you can be consistent at whatever you do, if you're a basketball player and you can shoot three-pointers consistently, that's that's a big deal, you know, instead of just saying, hey, I, I hit one last game, you know? So yeah. consistency is extremely important. But once again, the only way to be consistent is to is to t- breed your dog so tightly that you're, there's no escape tunnels. Right. There's no way of, of, of losing that stuff unless and unless there's unless there's I a freak we, of nature accident or something. You know, we can't have this podcast too without hearing you say what you're breeding for, Steve. And and let me say that I I believe that you're breeding for a really balanced hound, yep. a natural balanced hound that's got a good nose, that's fast, that's gritty enough to pressure a bear but not so greedy to get exactly. hurt by a bear exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. that has intelligence that intelligence and locating well those yeah. smaller but, frame and, dog okay. and then in, in but the, you i want to hear i want to hear you say well, those words you, you just said every bit of it so and <laughs> I'm, all i'm going to say i agree completely no, <laughs> okay. no but you, you you have to have why would you want a dog why would you want a dog that that can't outstrike the other people's dogs and can't outrun the other people's dogs and is going to quit and come out but or you go ahead and find them dead on the ground i don't want that either and so you, you want that dog to live 10 years so it can have a lot of fun with it and reproduce. 
uh, you know, you don't want a coward dog, but but I want I want I want something different than a lot of true bear hunters do, and some of them just want so much grit, and they they you know they're happy about about the vet bills, and I'm not okay. I I can't be happy about vet bills because I can't pay them. Okay, so and, and then I I just want. Uh, I just thought what I was going to try to tell you a while ago. The hardest animal in the world to raise, to me. I mean, I'm talking a racehorse has to run. A milk cow has to produce milk. A fat hog has to, a show pig even, has to just look good in the ring and, and, and then someone butchers him. But a, a hound has who has the nose to strike cold and the, the brains to run a track and the, the ability to pick up a lose and the the ability to locate and the, the fact that they'll stay treed for long, long, long periods of time, even under a rough tree with rough with other rough dogs. And then when the game comes down, or if a game, game does come down, the, the grit to stop it and hold it for hours and hours and hours, the endurance to be able to run for hours and hours and hours, and, and the, t- the toughness for deep water, cold temperatures, rough feet, I mean, the, the, the list goes on and on. There's no other animal in the world that has to be bred to such a consistency of high caliber as what a trail hound, a big mm. game hound, is mm. in, to me. And, and, yeah. and so far, no one has contradicted that statement, by the way. I mean, yeah. you know, a, a show dog has to look pretty in the ring, you know, yeah. but, but that's all. He doesn't have to, doesn't have to bark. Okay. So there's more specific traits that have to be found okay. in a bear okay. dog. Okay. That's, what, that's yeah. your point. That, that is. Okay, and even a voice, a voice loud enough that you can hear him, and, and, yeah. and also a natural straightness. So you got to have all these things, and yeah. if one of them is mean, missing. If there's one of them missing, okay, now once again, my dad did not invent that trait, and I didn't invent that trait, and Everett Weems didn't, but we knew where to go get them from the people who did, okay? And what we yeah. were lucky enough to do was get that first breeding stock, and we, we have been able to hold on to dogs that do everything I just told you all this time. And we didn't invent any of it, but we know how to hang on to it, to gut, to gut feeling, and kind of stepping outside the normal way that some people breed animals you know so but yeah. but never 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 step down never step backwards and think well I'll, i'm gonna try this because it you know this might work i mean it, it, try it but if it doesn't work please don't rebreed that dog you know just yeah. let it go yeah let me i'm gonna try to summarize colton you can you can help me here maybe i'm trying i'm gonna try to summarize what i've heard you say okay is that you well family Line breeding or inbreeding is a good thing. If, if done right. If, if done right, you, you, you're never going to produce traits out of a dog that it doesn't already have in, in it. it. In it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard you say that uh, you've got to breed. You've got to, inside of your breeding program, you've got to have access to the best dogs of the litters. Yes, yes you do. And yeah, you've absolutely. been able to do that yep. by watching them for Yep. The first six months of their life, letting them run mm-hmm. free, seeing how they respond to all the game yep. that are running around your house. Yep. I mean, exactly. that, so yep. you're you're yep. not you're not having to see him chase a bear to know that he will yep. chase a bear. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Well, okay. Hold yeah. on, don't stop me. Hold on. There's three. Okay. And then um, the fourth one is you can always amend a mistake in breeding by just not breeding again yep. with those dogs, but you can never get back. Yes. A dog that passes away that you never bred. Yeah, you said you'll right. never, you'll yeah. never regret. You're right. You'll, you'll never. Re- you. The only thing you regret is the crosses that you didn't Did, make. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. So and, and, and it still goes. Long it, periods yeah. of time too. I mean, yeah. like this is yeah. you. You've you. You're 70 years old. Yep. 
And uh, you've been doing this for, well, I mean, you've know, been around it your whole life. I started but, in 71 on my own strength. Right. Yeah. And so just you've got to evaluate these things based over long, yep. long periods of time. Yeah. And well, experience I think those helps. four Ex- things are kind yeah. of experience the big helps ones. so much. You know, if you if you're if you're experienced seeing those dogs in the woods every day, you kind of know what you're looking. Well, for. and you know, maybe a fifth thing too that I heard you say that maybe needs a little bit of clarification <laughs> is that you are looking for physical traits. I mean, like you oh, said, abso- like oh, absolutely, like a black a darker plot is what. Yeah. The Bluff Creek dogs historically. If the you, best dogs have been the darker them, plots. They, they call them creakers anymore. That, you know, Joe Hud, Joe, I'm sorry, yeah, Joe, Joe Walker and his dad, they say, well, this looks like a creaker here, you yeah. know, and, and you can tell. You and know so for your, you're not saying that the only good plots are black. That's not what no, you're no, saying. No, I'm saying, so you're saying my strain. from your strain of dogs over 60 yeah. years of evaluation, yeah. the best dogs were black, so why would you? Yeah. And you're saying why black, but it's dark brown. But dark yeah, brown, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Brown or, or black You're brown. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why would you breed to... Yeah. A dog that wasn't yeah. that yeah. and expecting it. But, I mean, yeah, but but okay. But once again, if you have a lighter brindle dog, uh, then breed to a real dark brindle dog, and then keep the darker pups. You know, just right off the bat, when Colt went out there and sorted through that litter that day, he sorted two light brindle males out, and the three three females. Uh, I think there was yeah three yeah, or three, four. There was three females, and he sorted those pups out, and the only thing left was five black. Br- Four black brindle pups, okay? Yeah. And he looked through them, looked through them, and pretty soon he picked up this one. He, he looked at me, and I didn't I didn't bat my eyes, and he laid it back down. He picked up the next one over. He said, this one right here. And I said, that's him. That's that's the pup. <laughs> he said, I'm going to call him Buster. I said, that's fine. You just call him whatever you want to call him. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's uh, – I think those five things, yeah. and uh, okay. we could th- – okay. those. that's what I'm hearing yeah. you yeah. say, yeah. which is, is well, super s- interesting. Start with the best you can find maintain the best you can find never be fooled never ever ever be fooled about a dog if 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 your dog you think he's the greatest thing in the world and you hunt with something that's way way better than you're probably don't have the best dog in the world you know so so yeah. you know yep and, well. and and it's 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 simpler it's simpler than it seems but most people, almost everybody, wants to change everything they get. They want to uh, dog people want to change the colors, change the size, change the mouth, change this. And those old those old people had it perfected. Don't change anything. Don't change anything at all. Yeah, I heard yeah. you say that one time. That yeah. you said, don't try to change your dog. Yeah, don't. Yeah, go get the dog yeah, yeah, that you want yeah, and yeah. Then breed you, you from can't, there. Yeah, you can't change your line of dogs. You just you know if you get them like okay. that. And once again, there's been some major strains that have been crossed together. That both of them were really good lines, but very few times does it in, improve over either one of the strains. Okay, I see okay. what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. in other words, I like a little different dogs. Uh, somebody else might have dogs that do just like mine, but maybe their dogs would be really gritty, and maybe they're spend a lot of time at the vet places, and and I that's just a that's a day out of hunting, and that's you know you're that that's that's just not good. Yeah. Now the the dude pup that I raised. Very intelligent pup out of Butch and Stella, and he's in he's in a veterinary hospital in Idaho right now. He got caught by a bad bear, but we don't. Uh, it's really steep up there, and I'm wondering if he wasn't in a, in a canyon. I'll find out, and he couldn't get away because he normally, you know, nips and nips and nips and bays and bays and bays for hours and hours. But he hadn't been caught that bad, but he got caught bad. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Colton, thoughts on breeding? Final thoughts here before we close down. When you get when you get Steve Hurd talking about breeding, you better you're <laughs> not going right. to get many words in. I think one thing that was left out too, you had asked it before when you're looking at a litter of pups too. I think that 
you you also look for extreme brain for a dog. When you have a litter of pups sitting out there, uh, you know you have some trying to you know eat butterflies and you know <laughs> kind of smelling the other dogs, you know running around. But you kind of just have some that just kind of sit back and and have that look about them, you know. And then when you <clears throat> you have all have them all together and stuff, and you know there's just certain things that you look for like that that show that you know, show the yeah. Show intelligence, a, show a yeah. intelligence of a dog. And that's Buster, what you get by evaluating them. When I looked at Buster's litter, Buster didn't you didn't you didn't see him doing anything goofy. But he just looked straight at you, just like he was you know he was ready for hunting. When you turn him loose, more you, business. When you when you mm. turn him loose and we were getting ready to turn him into a bear tree, you didn't he wasn't sniffing dogs. He wasn't barking at random that's stuff. That's good, Colt. That's good. He wasn't yeah. sitting. He was focused, extremely focused on yeah. on on bear, and that's yeah. what sets him apart. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think it, I think brains has an extreme, extremely big impact on on when you're when you're yeah. picking out the right dog out of a litter. So yeah, 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 that's good, really good. Yeah, it is. Well, closing thoughts, Steve. Well, thank you for having us. I, I enjoy talking, and and I once again, I, young people or even old people, people that that are in the need for something really special should know that there are still places out there to get it. I'm not just talking about at Bluff Creek, you know, Protection Kansas. I'm talking about there are there are still people out there that are raising really good dogs. And and don't, just because you can get something for $50 don't mean you should go get it for $50. Try to find, if you really want something good, expect, you know, expect to go go meet somebody and then ask a lot of questions. But, but you know, there's still people out there producing really good dogs, and everybody yeah. deserves a really good dog. If, if, if you deserve a good dog, then, then you know, go find it, and, and uh, yeah. it, it's like, like when you got Fern, okay? You know, you guys deserve, you're, you and your family, I thought you deserved a really good dog, so I sent you a really good dog, and she turned out to be that way. That's just the way she turned out to be. That's what she was supposed to do, you know? And, yeah. then, and then Todd Boswell up there. He he showed me some pictures on the Flock News site, and, and there was a lot of off-colored dogs, and I made a little comment. I said, uh, where's the brindle in this picture? And he was not very happy with that, and he said, well, I'll be honest with you. I can't find one that I like, okay? So I sat there, and I thought, hmm, that's not right. So I said, I called him. said, Todd, I got a pup. I said, it's out of Nellie and Reno, and I'm going to send you this pup. Well, how much? I said, I'm giving it to your kids. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I guess so. And I sent it up there, and, and he still calls me. He still says, Mr. Hurd, I am so indebted to you. I am so indebted because I, my kids and me finally got to see what everybody else was talking about. And he said, I can't go into stories because I got a lot of friends. I can't tell you what all I've seen. But he said, it's incredible. You know, so that's Stella's litter, okay? And yeah. God, I wish I had them back. Mercy. So, <laughs> anyway, I don't want well, to get teared. I want to get teared up here. So <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, great. Well, yeah. Thanks again, guys, for yeah, thank you. Uh, for yeah. meeting thank me over you here. for driving all the way out here. And, uh, yeah. This has been yeah. this has been super fun, and uh, yeah, I, I just want to reiterate too. I I said it at the beginning. I'll say it again. I, I've seen a lot of people in the hound world that are afraid to just say what they think mm-hmm. because they're afraid it'll come across as arrogant or like they know it all. Man, it does no good to to. Well, if you're trying to have a conversation yep. for somebody to hold back, and, you, it, and you're not afraid to, and you're not saying, and, and okay. there's no, I can't lie to you, so there's no reason for me to tell you something I don't believe. And the truth is, everything I told to you, I do believe, and yeah. it has gotten me through so many generations, and I hope for at least two, two or three more. I've got, I've got and, a cross, a and special here's cross. Here's the thing, too. Is, oh. Go ahead. I've got a special cross coming, and I, you know, I just, I hope it works. I, I, yeah. I think it was, we're going to use the last semen of the butch, 
uh, the bat, last straw of the butch semen, and we got yeah. a female yeah. out of Stella. Yeah. I don't have her, but we're going to get her back, and, and I think we're going to have another one of them super crosses. Excellent. Okay. Well, and, and here's the thing that I want to say, too, is that I could have another. You know, there, there, are, other, there are other guys that have had long-standing strains yep. of dogs that have had success, tremendous success. And they did it their own way, and, and, and they're and allowed they, to. They might be sitting here and say something slightly different. Yep. They may hear this and say, nope, that didn't work. Yep. For me, what he said, exactly. and exactly. so people yep. have the right to yep. hear this information and evaluate it, yep. and take take what works for them. What exactly. you're saying is worked for you. It's that's what it worked for me. Yeah. It and, worked and, for yeah. you. And, and I'm just telling you, I'm late. That's how I laid it yeah. out. And, and I studied one dog and one pedigree, and I'm, I'm still here from 1971 till now. From from laying there on the floor, uh, Brandon was. You were born in '70. Okay, he was just a little teeny baby when I did all this, and. Uh, and it's still, after all these years, from that one old dog taught me that much. So keep your keep your mind open and learn learn what you can. It it, it worked for me. So it worked. We might name this podcast. It worked for me. There you go. With well, Steve do that. Cool. I like that. I like that. I like that. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well. Okay. Hey, as we always say at the end of the podcast, keep the wild places wild because that's where the bears live. Exactly. And then if it's legal to run hounds, you can turn your plots after them. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> okay. Good deal. All right. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose Interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today.